welcome back to another episode of Body Talk. I'm still not comfortable with this intro. Today we are joined by Callie. Say hi, Callie. Hi. <laughs> um, so we're just going to talk about a bunch of things. Might be different than last time, might be not. Um, but first of all, how are you doing today, Callie? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. This feels so professional. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Yay! Well, we're very we're very excited to have you. Um, so you mentioned that you wanted to start with talking about your lower middle school experience and just everything with that, with acne and body image. Um, do you want to just like hop right into it? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So first of all, I've always kind of I've always had like pretty uh, prominent anxiety issues, like. You know, I have um, separated parents and I developed like separation anxiety from a really young age. And I was often told that I shouldn't be, you know, self-conscious or self-aware or feeling the things that I felt um, and that kind of thing. So in like fourth and fifth grade, I kind of developed acne. I really, I remember it as being like so, so like terrible but it was literally just, like, a few pimples. But the thing is, is, like, nobody else had that because usually those things come more, like, middle school, high school, that kind of puberty. But um, mm-hmm. mine came early. And um, I would be made fun of for it. And it really, you know, it sucked because <laughs> it was something that I couldn't control about my body. Like, there was nothing I was doing. And, like, I had to go to you know, a skin specialist from a really young age, and they restricted a lot of things from my diet. And that was really hard, because from such a young age, I was told that I shouldn't eat certain things, or else it would do something to do this. Then, like, I really internalized that and blamed it on myself whenever I would, um, you know, eat something that I wanted to eat as, like, a fourth grader. Like, if I wanted to have, like, you know, a piece of cake or some ice cream, yeah. like, I was not allowed to, because it would affect my skin. And um, it was really hard to grow up in that kind of environment because, you know, obviously you, you know, like we're not supposed to eat too much sugar, but like I was, you know, literally in like fourth and fifth grade, it was like really difficult. Yeah. Um, That was just like a prominent part of my um, thinking was just thinking about my acne and how I look to other people and what I can and can't do because of um something that I couldn't control yeah yeah like Like you go to you you go to your friend's birthday parties like you're supposed to be able to have like cake (laughs) and then like whenever my mom wasn't looking I would like try to like sneak it you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) like little flash forward to like middle school and my acne was still there my acne lasted for like four to five years until you know I finally like found a solution that worked but uh, I was always really self-conscious and like, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was like pretty popular, I guess. Like my cousin went to my middle school and like I had, you know, friends that were popular, but they were all, you know, so beautiful and, you know, sweet. And I just always felt, you know, inferior and I, you know, wouldn't stop thinking about, you know, my face and how I looked. And then of course, like, in sixth and seventh grade, like, there was a huge surge where, like, all of us suddenly were on social media, and we could see all these, like, 
Brandy Melville models and suddenly thigh gaps were a trend and like yeah <laughs> I literally remember like walking down like the you know the tennis court and like feeling my legs brush together when they walked was like the worst feeling for me and that's like a completely normal thing but yeah. I would just wanted to be like I just didn't know why it bothered me so much, but I knew that other girls, like, when they walked, their thighs didn't brush together, and I didn't want to be like that. Yeah. And that's... Felt that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, like, going to um, a small little private school. I don't Mm -hmm. know, um, depending on where you go to school, but for me, it was like, I know you can relate to this, definitely, but it's like, people are so much more focused on you because there are less people and because people have more money to do certain things or buy certain clothes and stuff and it's like if you can't do that then you're just gonna feel like worse about yourself and again that's something that you can't control but it's something that you're made to feel insecure about no literally like my class was 44 kids (laughs) like that like my grade my grade yeah um which is like tiny and then we were like, we were divided into three sections, like every year. Um, That means that that's like 17 kids, like that you're around all the time. So it's just like the focus is always there. And it's especially because friends is expensive. And I'm like, like, we can afford it, but I'm not like rich but it was quite obvious with the things that they wore and like, oh my God, everything, Brandy or Lulu's leggings. Which I didn't even know that was a brand until like eighth grade. Yeah. Um, and it's just so apparent. And I'd say they're like, like of the popular girls, like maybe one or two actually had like really slender, like thigh gap, like not broad shoulders or anything like that. Um, but there was still like the idea of like people just always like scrutinizing and like yeah, staring it, at you. It's like, so, Jesus like, Christ. It was a stigma. It's like, you know, all the girls, like, even if they weren't like, like super, you know, if they were just like me, like we all wanted the same thing. We all Yeah. Wanted. And it's also like being in such a small environment like that. It made me feel like all eyes were on me all the time. And it was like hyper fixating on myself and little parts about myself and trying to find things that I didn't like about myself in order to, you know, relate to my friends. And that was really difficult. And especially transitioning from like middle school to high school and like being in such a different environment, I felt a lot of pressure to, you know, do the same things that I did in middle school and like have the same attitude and patterns. And then I was kind of reality checked and recognized like, oh, that's not okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I'm by, you know, talk or by um, expressing myself in the way that I did in order to get attention in middle school, it was, you know, not received well. And I didn't like myself when I did it, I realized. And so that was a really interesting lesson for me to, you know, realize that the reason that I can come off a certain way to people is because of like my internalized insecurities coming out. Um, but anyway, like, like halfway through eighth grade, I went on like birth control and Accutane, like mm-hmm. together. And like, I could talk about like my mental health that happened with that all day, but I specifically just want to talk about like, you know, transitioning, like with body image and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, my acne went away. But then I felt kind of empty, like I didn't have anything to, 
fixate on anymore. And it was still like a big um, thing. And so whenever I looked at myself, instead of looking at my face anymore, I would direct it towards my body. And, you know, how my stomach looked or how my legs look a lot more than I did in the past. And it was also like eighth grade. And so people are getting just progressively more insecure and like women like the girls in our class are you know getting boobs and getting a butt and they're getting sexualized and dress coded and you know all of it is so fucked up but um a lot of my attention directed towards hyper fixating on certain parts of my body and either trying to cover them up or you know trying to dress so that I could hide some of the things and show some of the other things and like yeah it really, um, it was hard. And like the same kind of, sorry, I'm kind of bouncing around timelines here, but the no, same, you're fine. <laughs> realizing that the same kind of like, um, feeling that I had, like all eyes were on me was because I was in a small environment. And especially in the past year of being in quarantine and being surrounded by social media, I've had such a difficult time appreciating my body because I'm only in my head there's nobody around me to tell me because I'm inside all the time. Like there's nobody around me to tell me or relate to me about my body. It's like all I can use is social media and the people I see. And it's really toxic. Um. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Especially yeah. like I know I should not spend as much time on TikTok as I do. Yeah. But it's just it's so much comes from that and it's so hard because like you said like you don't have like interaction (laughs) with people which makes such a difference because it's like all you do is sit and like think about like or just compare yourself or contrast yourself and it's just it's not good but it's so easy to fall into it was really hard for me like just like recently my anxiety is still very much prevalent Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I just feel like um, there is, like, a huge wave of body positivity um, resurfacing, and it has really helped me kind of appreciate myself. But people still are, or women are still being, like, sexualized at a rate that is, like, off the charts. And it's, it's difficult to combat that, especially, like, with people who have been, you know, oppressed for their size or for being women, you know, or for being confident women and like, um, the like over-sexualization of women, I feel like is way too, way too like far gone for us to even help it. And so I'm really happy that you're doing this podcast because like, I feel like, I don't know about, you know, everyone, but like for me, like I have like a, I'm not a, a, a person who would look to be insecure about their body but it's always been you know like, yeah of course already on my mind you know and especially hearing from a bunch of different people of a bunch of different shapes sizes like races ethnicities like um sexes or genders I feel like I'll really be able to like gain a new perspective on that because all I can say is my story and I know that I have definitely been misjudged um but, you know, for, through listening to other people, we can actually, like, learn to empathize, like Miss Woodward says, like, learning <laughs> through experiences and stuff. No, that's so true. I mean, I think, like, 
a lot, this connects to a lot of different things, but like talking about when um, you like go into middle school and like you start to develop, you know, physically, but also like mentally and like a different place in society. Like, I do think there's also a lot of like mental development and judgment, which I mean, it's like intentional or not, but I do remember being like, especially like girl on girl, like shaming, which is like so true. I've done it. Like, it's just, it's a, it's just natural. It's like, I don't know, but thinking about like, it's an instinct. Yeah, it is. And like, like skinny girls, like skinnier as in, you know, just like a quite feminine petite body being like, and she's still insecure about herself. I'm like, what do you have to be insecure about? Like, like in that, and it's, just there's just so much quick judgment right. that you're kind of because that's what you want to look like and yeah so, and so you because like the only way for me to look like super stick thin is to literally starve myself whenever I see somebody else like that I automatically assume they are and it is judgmental and it totally. all <laughs> our own insecurities but it's also like the same I I know that somebody's feeling that way about me and so you can't you know judge people like that because it goes both ways and another thing about like transitioning into middle school is like a lot of like the girls including myself our bodies definitely matured faster than our brains Mm -hmm. with boys they're both like slow like their brain they're they're less they mature slower than um women Mm -hmm. I'm and um with girls like I looked much older than I was at a young age when I was like 13 14 and I honestly look younger like now because I've grown into my features than I did <laughs> in middle school mm-hmm. but I would get you know catcalled a lot and leered at and you know when I was in sixth grade like I was <laughs> like going to like with my ice cream cone and like um some like little justice shorts like I was of literally <laughs> going to my dad's house and I was like called by some like creepy guys in a car and they told me to get in the car with them and like I didn't know what to do because that was one of my first experiences getting like catcalled like that and I was like can you guys not tell that I'm like 12 or 13 like literally a child can you guys not tell that I'm literally a child and it made me feel like it was my fault for looking the way I did and it's not but it's like it's so fucked up because you know throughout middle school when boys are you know rude or like you know smack your butt or like like those kinds of things like girls are convinced and told that it's like our fault for being mm-hmm. who we are and for looking the way that we do and for acting the way that we want to act when we are just trying to like get by and please everybody so many the double standards of like the the um like the collarbone thing you know like girls they don't wear tank tops because collarbones are distracting like where like I know that it shouldn't be this way but like it is so can you just wear a long sleeve shirt or a sweatshirt I'm like if you know it's not supposed to be this way how about you focus on teaching boys men predators to like not be disgusting try to you know, sympathize with us and say, like, I know, like, but this is just the way it is. But it's like, why don't, you know, like, we we were held, like, in an assembly to talk about, like, our shoulders and, like, 
you know, you know, our teachers talk to us constantly. It's like, why don't you talk to the boys in our class? They don't even know that it's a problem. Yeah. Like, you sit down with them and say, sexualizing women is not okay. And obviously there are generations upon generations that have sexualized women and like, um, have, you know, made women feel like it's their fault for wearing what they want to wear. But I feel like, you know, if we have to start somewhere, let's just start talk now. about it. Talking to men and like, yeah, like what you're doing is like systemically, you're continuing the cycle of oppressing people. Yeah. And same thing with like, you know, straight white men. And like, I know that like you're benefiting from the system, but it's oppressing literally everybody else beneath yep. you. We need to start talking about this. It's also like, I mean, as a kid, there's the mix between like genuinely not knowing it because you're, you know, 11, 12, but also like your gender and like your sex of being a man or whatever, like that puts you at a significant amount of privilege that you won't experience discrimination against because of that. And it's just like, okay, like... That's great, but can you can we teach yeah <laughs> to recognize that and to help women when they're in need or like in a situation that they can't, you know, escape on their own because they are like systemically seen as less than like how can you man like <laughs> train yourself or get help to, you know, understand, you know, how to help somebody that's in need like that. Um and yeah, sorry, I kind of rambled on and I'm talking about... No, you're fine. Now, but you're fine, you're good. This is the point. Like, yeah, it's like with me specifically, you know, my body um, image of myself, frankly, has not very much improved. Uh, <laughs> and that's another thing that's like um, targeted through the media. It's like you, there can always be something you can change about yourself. There can always be something that you're not going to live up to and that you're not going to be like throughout the whole pandemic I've been like working out like extremely and I still feel the same way if not worse about my body than I did at the beginning of the year and it sucks because it's like I know that I need to do whatever I can to you know make myself confident and like I'm going to college like I can't, you know, have this mindset, but I just do, you know, and it's like, it's because, you know, what I look at every single day is constantly like, oh, big butts are back in trend, like, you want, like, a giant ass, or like, oh, um, we don't like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm making shit up, like, oh, we don't like collarbones anymore, you have to get rid of them now. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> Oh, you need, like, a flat stomach that looks like you could just, like... Like, no uterus. Just take it out. Take your uterus out and put it in the trash. And then every time I look at myself, I look at that part that I just saw was, like, being scrutinized. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is wrong. But it's literally, like, a part of my body. Not only that, it's the part of my body that, like, makes life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why is this a bad thing? And why is this seen as something that we need to you know, hide and get rid of. And it's like, it's so um, upsetting because especially like, you know, women, I feel like 
me myself I focus on like the really tiny parts of myself that like are just there and I'm just like I don't like that for whatever reason Mm -hmm. um but it's like I feel like all um women are kind of like trained to do that you know like I'm Jewish sorry this is a rip (laughs) I'm I'm Jewish and you know I have been told from, like, the beginning, just, like, through seeing stereotypes and, like, with my family that, like, you don't want to have a Jew nose. My mom, she has always told me, like, oh, like, I'm so happy you got your dad's nose because my dad is not Jewish. Mm -hmm. Um, But over time, because I'm Jewish, I've, like, trained myself to see my nose as, like, something that's big, even though it's, like, it's, like, a nose. Yeah. It it breathes for you. (laughs) And it's, like, I've just, you know train myself or like I've adapted to seeing my nose as like this big thing that like I need to get rid of and that I need to decrease and especially like it's also like when you look at um you know men versus women like beauty standards like you see you know Jewish boys with their noses all the time and like they're actually seen as like attractive for them but then when a girl has the same exact nose and is like absolutely beautiful she gets slandered in the comments because of like her TikTok video that was about something completely different like they slander her about her nose and it's like how it looks and like it's it's so like it's a double standard like so many double standards (laughs) so many double standards that like it's so easy to point out but it's so difficult to explain you know it's it's like oh so why is this why is this happening I don't know it just is (laughs) and like it's and it's like it's there's so much scrutiny with that and like about you know trends or like what you look like and everything because okay like you'll shit on a girl for having like just being like pretty flat in general like front and back and you'll just you know call her disgusting things and compare her to like flat objects but if if she gets a boob job if she gets a butt job yeah she's like a whore she's like oh she's just plastic now I'm like what do you want because it goes for anything like literally anything like a nose job to breathe or just like to fix a little thing or um like anything (laughs) it also goes for like food like sorry I was just like eating and like I was I was thinking about like all the past like issues that I've had with like eating food and that I currently have like I'm trying to develop like a more healthy and balanced diet since I've really been um I've always just like struggled with like stress eating or not eating enough and like um like on purpose and so I feel like even with like food, there's always like a standard on women. It's like, oh, I want a girl that can like eat as much as she want, but like won't gain weight. Oh, but I also want a girl to like be polite and like order a salad and like not eat too much on a date. But then I want a girl to, you know, be able to like eat chicken nuggets with me and then also like or like drink too much and like get wasted with me or like I want a girl who like doesn't drink because blah, 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 blah. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is not, you know, build a bear. 
You can't build your ideal woman who's just going to eat as much as she wants but never gain weight. That's not a thing. That's not something that is normal or like very rare for a lot of women, you know? It's 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 honestly so frustrating. And it's it's people are like, why are you like insecure about these things? Like you have such a beautiful body or such a beautiful face. And I'm like, because there's a significant part of this world that tells me the opposite. And it's like, okay, just because like I, to you, like I have a beautiful body or to you, like you don't understand why I have these insecurities. Like I've basically been raised from, let's see, the beginning of womanhood in general (laughs) to just always nitpick at myself because even if something is right something else is wrong and it's just so fucked on it like and it's like we all play into it like even talking about it like I talk about this and I believe it wholeheartedly but I still of course feel like that way like I know and it's just because it's a part it's just a part of our brains it is a part of our brains and it's something that you know, no matter how many positive conversations I will have like this, or no matter how much awareness I have, I'm going to constantly need to train myself. Like, it's not like one day I'm just going to be happy with my body because (laughs) the entire world is telling me that like something else is wrong with my body, but I have to train myself, which is not something that we should have to do. No. (laughs) Something that, you know, given the circumstances we have to do, we have to train ourselves to appreciate ourselves for what we are or else we're all just going to you know be sucked into the diet culture and eating disorders and you know workout fanatic like culture that is just like extremely extremely toxic and self-destructive it's so exactly exactly yeah normalized jesus christ um it's so true and like i was talking with uh Trudy about this the difference between like body positivity and body neutrality and how there's a lot more like subsections of body positivity that can like genuinely just be more toxic like oh like love yourself like just don't have bad thoughts ever like even if you feel like shit (laughs) positivity you know yeah and it's like it's like like have to I feel like I, I definitely relate to that it's like oh like you don't want to be depressed just don't be sad like you don't want to have anxiety just like stop thinking about things and it's like that's not what managing stress is or that's not what managing your body is like it's about recognizing how you feel and trying to build some sort of like relationship where, with it where you can you know, overcome it. And it's not a one-time thing. It's not like, today I'm body positive and <laughs> for the rest of my life, I will be body positive. It has, it's a fluctuating system, like our brains and like um, our weight. Like it's mm-hmm. all, it's all fluctuating. And I feel like um, I don't have a place to talk about like the body positivity movement I feel but I can talk about oh yeah how I can contribute or how I can like be a part of like um you know spreading positivity without making it so um it's an unrealistic standard you know 
loving your body all the time is unrealistic. Completely. Like, <laughs> like it's, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've just been like every inch of my body is like, I love it. And it's just like, like a part of it, like you said, is just coming to terms with the fact that there is no, like, you're probably never going to 100% love your body. And that's not a bad thing. Like it's 100% globally normal. Um, And it's good if you can recognize that and be like, you know, some days I do feel like a bad bitch. My body's temple. And other days I do feel like an armadillo and I'm just going to burrow for the rest of the day. But it's not like you can do that. that. It's normalizing the different ways that you can. And also when you're having one of those days where you don't feel good, how can you manage that? Yes, exactly. How can you not fall into a place where you just feel like you're worthless? And what I have to teach myself is how can I, you know, recognize that I'm having one of those bad days and try to do something, trying to do something for myself that is, you know, productive for my body. Like, yeah, can I go for a walk even if I really, really, really don't want to? Like, I took my dog on like a 10 minute walk and I instantly just felt more you know, energized. And it's Mm -hmm. like, honestly, um, I feel like that's all, you know, part of the journey. Like you're allowed to have amazing days. You're Mm -hmm. allowed to have bad days. Like that is okay. When you're having a bad day, how can you handle it? How can you, you know, make it just a day instead of a week? Or if it's a week, how do you not make it two weeks? You know? That's so true. Like going for a walk, even just putting on like a basic outfit like it doesn't have to be like a full ass like cardigan and flare pants and like getting ready to go somewhere like honestly just putting on leggings and a t-shirt or a tank top or just like like your favorite garment yeah like just getting up and I genuinely struggle with that so much like thinking like I know as I lie in bed with my AirPods and listening to Louis Capaldi, I know that I want to like get up and do something. And it is hard. Like, of course I'll fucking wallow. Like that's a part of it, but being able to recognize that and manage it, manage that and balance that is like, right. I know I want to get up right now and do something, but today I don't think I can. And, mm-hmm. that's okay. and I feel like just normalizing normalizing that and normalizing you know and learning I feel like I really did not get good sex education like I no. got I got like the the don't have sex the um the condoms like this is how you put it on the wooden dildo like I got that talk but like learning about like my anatomy I did not get you know good education on that or if I did it really didn't stick in my head. no not I don't remember anything learning about like how my body works and the parts of my body I did not know that the pooch was my uterus until like two months ago so recently and it really changed my perspective because my whole life I saw it as something try to get rid of it yeah that stuck out that I have to get rid of you know my mom has told me that my family has told me that I need to get rid of it my dance teachers have and it's like, does nobody know that that's just my uterus? And like some it's is an organ. Go, some go in. Like, 
like some are just like that. That's just how your body is born. If I had known that earlier, I feel like a lot of my, especially because I just like, you know, had so many issues with that one spot, but that like the slightest bit of relief that I could just like let go of. And I feel like, I just feel like anatomy and education, especially for women, like if we could have like a private class for like young girls and like learning how to appreciate their bodies also like not the stigma of you know working out and like exercise culture like obviously we should all exercise but it's like like not not telling people that being a certain weight is unhealthy yeah there are so many underlying factors and like actually trying to normalize different body types and because that's just the way our country is you know like we have it it like <laughs> our our country is like you know not very not very healthy but it's like there are so many underlying factors since there are so many people with type 2 diabetes how do we overcome that and help people instead of just saying oh that's wrong that's bad it's like this is a full collective and like all of it all of like the toxicity portrayed through the media is all it's all unhealthy like none of it is good you know no that's so true honestly I feel like my sex ed class in fifth grade was like these are your boobs when it's cold your nipples stick out um tampon works dips it in coffee (laughs) look how big it got um this is a pad you put it on your undies if you have any questions like put them in and then like even questions about like sexual health and like for boys like like do girls like masturbate too and then everyone was like what is that like no one knows these things because education is so biased and like you 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 wonder why like we don't know anything or feel bad about our bodies because we weren't like educated bad and ashamed for something that was completely normal like masturbation like for men it's like oh like all boys do this oh he's probably like jacking off or whatever and like it's right there and like (laughs) you know everybody's okay to do that and it's like girls have been told that it is not okay or that it's gross disgusting whatever and it's like are you kidding me it's another double standard like it's just all of it is just like so fucked up and then it's also like such a sex education for guys is so it's also limited and I feel like they are just taught like oh wear a condom don't get yeah that's true and then it's like but you know like if you do you know get a girl pregnant like she wasn't on birth control so it's probably her fault and it's like there's just a lack of education on both sides and it's so it's so sad like literally everything that I can talk about about like women or capitalism or climate change you can just bring it all back to basic education yeah well and it sucks because inequality is so fucked up but the systemic oppression is so prevalent in america that you just know it's never gonna happen but you know we can at least talk about it generations we can at least talk about this so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, <laughs> like the, the this arc of this conversation from like a middle school like acne to yeah. capitalism, <laughs> like the lack of education. Capitalism. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Like 
it is so much bigger than it seems. And like, there's so much. I feel like everybody internalizes the issue and thinks it's their fault, but it's like, honey, this is like a huge thing that is happening to literally everybody in their minds. Yeah. Because of how our country works and how the world works and how the human condition is like, I feel like recognizing that and relating to people and talking about it is like, like conversation and communication is key. Like it really is. We're going to know what's going on if we don't talk to each other. And yeah. Like even this conversation, like, it's not like I don't know who you are and I don't know your ideas, but I didn't know like a lot. Like I feel honestly, like there's so much more perspective that I've gained and thought about like, oh shit, I'll think about that next time. Like, it's so true. Yeah, same. And even like being here and reading the questions has made me really like think about myself. And also like even you asking, you know, me questions like, and the fact that so many women can probably think of at least one example from every single, you know, mm-hmm. is like, it's kind of a wake up call. It's like, okay, wow, this is um, a universal experience. Like, this is something that all women go through. I'm not alone. And my experiences are neither better nor worse than another's. And like, um, it, it feels, it's a little comforting. It's a little sad. But it's more just me gaining that kind of awareness. No, that's honestly so true. Yeah. And that's such a huge part of everything about this. But, well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just fun. Like, it's, like you said, it's, like, sad to, like, hear these things. But it's also, like, so enlightening, like, genuinely. And talking about those things just make... I feel like they make so many people feel better, you know, yeah. therapy, you know, no, it's true. Talk about everything that you were afraid of. Like, I feel I was having a really anxious morning. And so I feel so much better just like talking about everything that's on my mind. Yeah, no, it's moral of the story. Everyone needs to go to therapy. Everyone needs to, go to, therapy. <laughs> need to make it like basic health care. Yeah, like mandatory. Just talk it out. Because so many things would be, have more, not just be better, but just like you would have more of an understanding about specifically like for women and girls, like about the validity of yourself and like your feelings. And like feeling like you're not good enough is like such a universal feeling (laughs) and it's okay, but we just don't want it to consume you. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyways, thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being wonderful. Even though, like, <laughs> like, like things made sense. Like, I felt like I was kind of just talking about nothing. No, no, you, we, we only really, we started with like one of the questions, but I feel like we covered everything that this is about. Like, so you made complete sense. Um, Thanks. A little lunchtime podcast vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>